Glad you guys are here. Um, we have been going through this series. We're going to dive in. We have been going through this series. Three ways, three ways, three ways to live a miserable, three ways to live a miserable life. And if you want to live a miserable life, if you want to have a life that you regret, that you hate waking up in the morning, that you hate going to sleep because you felt like you had nothing that day, if you want to live in a life that is terrible, do these three things. Don't talk about it, don't trust, and don't feel. But on the other hand, on the other hand, if you're like most of us in this room, if you're like most of us in this room, and you want to live a fulfilling life, a life of joy, a life of success, a life of loving relationships, a life that you can be proud of, a life that God is calling you to, do the exact opposite. Do the exact opposite of these three things. First, first, we talked about two weeks ago, first. First, we have to talk about it. Talk about it. Everyone has their own it. You know what your it is. What is your it? You've got to get to a place where you can talk about it. Most of us, most of us hate talking about it because it's hard, because it's uncomfortable, because you have to be vulnerable, because you're going to put yourself out there and someone is going to tease you for it. But trust me, if you hold it inside, it will tear you apart. You have to talk about it. Second, second, Trust. If you're like me, you might have some issues trusting, or maybe you, easily, you too easily trust. There's kind of a scale. If you have issues trusting, we need to get to a place where we can trust, not only trust God in taking care of our lives. And we talked about how if we're jumping off that ship like Peter did, you had to trust God to take that first step. But also, are there people in your life that are trustworthy? Do you have people that are trustworthy? I hope that you're sitting next to one right now that you can trust. Third, tonight, is feel. Who in here hates talking about their feelings? Okay. Who in here really likes talking about their feelings? Who in here didn't raise their hand because they're scared and that's why I know you don't talk about your feelings? Right, that's 90% of you. Okay. Here's the deal. I went to college in downtown Denver at a place called Metro. Absolutely loved it. And I studied psychology, right? And psychology is really the study of our brain and our emotions and how they relate and how they go together. I bet a lot of you guys have taken intro to psych classes. Super, super valuable. But one of my first classes that I ever walk into, one of my first classes I ever walk into is the psychology of adolescence. And what this guy said, he's been a professor for 10 years, he has his own counseling practice, and this guy, while we walk in, and he looks to the class. First day, you know, first day is supposed to be syllabus day, I don't know if you guys know that, if you're not syllabus day, that professor, I'm angry at you, but this guy was not. He looks to the class, and he says, when was the last time you felt that you just felt something? That you just understood your feelings. That you just sit, you sat in your feelings. When was the last time you felt something? Right, we probably all feel things all the time, but they're probably pretty basic. Like, oh my goodness, I'm hungry. So I should go get a Happy Meal from McDonald's, Kit Kat. <laughs> uh -huh. Or, oh my goodness, I'm stressed out because I have a lot of homework. But I want to ask you. When's the last time you sat down and said, how do I feel right now? Not in a moment of stress, not in a moment of hunger, not in a moment of when you're tired or when you're sick or when you're cranky. 
But when you just sat, sat down and said, what do I feel like right now? Do I feel satisfied? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel angry? Do I feel excited? Do I feel confused? Or if you're like me and probably mostly in this room, I don't know how I feel. I might know how I feel about something. I don't like blank. I don't like pizza. If you don't like pizza, I was going to say pizza, but that makes no sense because everybody likes pizza. If you don't like pizza, I don't know how you're going to make it in this world. I don't like DH because we haven't seen him in two years. <laughs> I'm kidding, DH. I don't like a person. I don't like anchovies. I don't like math. But what about your feelings, your internal feelings about yourself or about what's inside? This counselor, this class that I went through, he then started to talk about, much like, wait, I have to set this up first. Who in here goes to the gym and thinks they're just huge? All right. Cam, are you here? Where are you? Cam, can you show me your big, huge muscles? <laughs> Please don't take your shirt off. <laughs> if you don't know Cam, this is Cam, right? He's our ginger friend. We keep him around to make sure we have one. Cam, I'm kidding. Cam. All jokes aside, I do know Cam. I know well enough that he does work out a lot, and he cares about getting big muscles, and he goes and does triathlons, which, how'd that go again? You finished. Good job. You did it. Barely finished. Okay. Much like any of you who go to a gym, maybe you're trying to up your bench press, or maybe you're trying to do more squats, or maybe you're trying to complete some tasks, or maybe you're just trying, as my friend Caleb earlier said, maybe you're just trying to do curls for girls. Just come on. Curls for girls. Much like going to the gym. Going to the gym takes work. It takes effort. It's hard. My friend Ben over here, today he ran six miles. He ran to the church, sat outside the church, and then ran home. I don't run unless there's a bear chasing me. Good job, man. It takes effort. Sweet T over here. That's what I call her. That's a funny name. She dances like 12 hours a day. It takes work. It takes effort. I don't know if you guys know Maria, but she's one of the best singers I've ever heard. That's because she sings like six hours a day. It takes work and effort to grow, to be good at that, to maybe grow your muscle, to maybe get better at your form, at your toe touching. I can't dance. At singing. The same is true when it comes to feelings. Your feelings take work. They take effort. There's a reason. There's a re and some of you have felt this or been through this. There's a reason that counseling offices right now, if you're trying to go get a counselor, they're like backed up like crazy. It might take you six weeks to get an appointment because we, we need help with our emotions. We need help on to know how I feel. What do I do with these feelings? How does that cause me to interact with the world? So, if you're sitting here thinking, just like I was when I was writing the series, I don't need to care about this. 
Okay, I get it. Maybe I should talk about things more. Okay, maybe I should trust Jesus and my friends more. But I don't need to care about my feelings. Stop there for a second and realize how important feelings are. And don't be like myself or Amanda. We talked about this earlier. And just be lazy when it comes to feelings. Because that equals depression, anxiety, loneliness, social anxiety. I don't know how I feel, so I don't know how to respond. Take the time, effort, energy. Do the hard work. Take your feelings to the gym and figure out what you feel, why you feel it, and what are you going to do about it. Most of us don't do this well. I'll be the first to say I'm terrible at it. But what I do know is when, when, when we take the time to learn about our feelings, to feel our feelings, to think about our feelings, everything makes more sense. There's a sense of relief. I start to understand more of who I am and who God made me to be. Now, before we get into this verse, I do need to put this on a scale. And you guys know, if you've been here at all, I love scales. Because I think um, we always take things to the extreme, and there's usually a happy medium. So it might be hard for you to see, but I'll explain it. I do think there's a scale here. Oh, look at this great line. Yeah, right. What a line. Okay, can you see that? Can you see that? It's really hard. It's really difficult to understand. There's a line on here, Okay. I'm going to tell you all about a line. It's straight, and there's two ends. Okay. Okay, on one side of the line, on one side, and you might be able to relate to this, and, and um, you'll be able to think about where you might land here. On one side of the line, right, one side of the line, we might call it that I'm numb to feelings. I don't know feelings. I ignore feelings. Or, or one of my good friends, when he has a bad feeling or when he gets sad, he goes to his friend's house, to some kind of party, hangs out to ignore his feelings. I'll give you an example. I have this friend in California named Jeff. His, recently, his mother had cancer, came with this whole thing. Um, and instead of staying home with his mom and dealing with the fact that he's sad because there's a chance of her sickness taking her to death, right? Instead of staying home and dealing with those feelings, he flew out to Colorado and went snowboarding. A couple months ago. He did not want to deal with his emotions. He did not want to deal with his feelings. So one side, we have, uh, I'll just put numb. This is, where's Jamie Kent? I'm going to throw this so hard at you. I said earlier, hey, make sure the marker works really well. One side of this scale is numb. I don't, this is where I land, I don't want to deal with emotions. I don't want to deal with feelings. So funny, I was just talking to my friend, Abby Autry. I don't mean to call her out, but she's dealing with some things this week. And we're sitting down, and she starts, you know, I said, so how are things going? And she says, well, I'm really here to talk to, talk to Stacy. Stacy's one of the leaders. I said, Stacy's probably a great person to talk to, because if you want to talk to me about your feelings, I will listen to the best of what I can. But I land here. I'm not good at caring about my own feelings, so I don't know how to care for yours. Right? We have to walk through it together sometimes. And some of you are probably on this side of the scale. I don't want to care about my feelings. I don't want to feel my feelings. When I'm sad, I instead turn off my sadness and become awesome. I just become happy. 
and I pushed my feelings away. There's this girl named Brooke who spoke up here a few months ago, and she talked about how she does not want to ever have to deal with the fact that her family is falling apart. So instead, she just hangs out with her friends and hangs out with her friends and hangs out with her friends. Some of us land here. The other side, the other side of the scale, um, I'm not sure where I'm going to label it, but the other side of the scale, you probably know this person or maybe you are this person, is those emotions, they just run your life. Any feeling I get, it completely wrecks who I am. Um, I'm not going to label it because I can't put words just up there. But on the other side of the scale, I have so many emotions and so many feelings all the time that I can't handle them all at once. And so they run my life and I make my decisions based on, based on what I feel in that moment. And so for those of you, and I've been here too. For those of you who have said to me before, I just had this conversation this morning. I used to feel so close to God, and now I don't. God did not go away. You changed your emotions. God is still right next to you. But you're letting your emotions take over your life. Now, I would stand through, and what we actually ended up talking about in this class, is we do need to find a happy medium somewhere in here. We should not let our emotions inappropriately run our lives. That might be this side. My emotions inappropriately run my life. We should not do, we should not be, we should not have lazy emotions either. We should know how we feel, why we feel, and when we feel it. God gives us these emotions. He does. But he also asks for us to have control of our own emotions. So for those of you who are on this side, who are like, my goodness, every emotion, I feel it, it hurts me, it tears me apart, I'm constantly crying or, or I'm constantly upset about something because my emotions get the best of me. I want to challenge you and say, could you take a step this way? Not to be numb, but to say, my emotions are God-given, which means I should let God take care of them. I do not have to let my emotions run my life because God can do that. For those of us who are over here, who are numb to the world like me, and sometimes my wife would say sometimes that I'm dead inside, right? <laughs> I would ask, for those of you who are over here, can you take a step this way and say, I care about the emotions that I have? Or maybe a step this way to say, I can finally figure out what I feel and why. Or maybe take a step this way and say, God has given me emotion for a reason. I need to recognize that. I believe we have to do the hard work in taking these steps if we want to live a fulfilling, successful, joyous, full life. Full life. Now, the beautiful part is we're going to dive into Philippians. If you have your Bible or you want to take notes, we're going to jump into Philippians 4. Here's what I believe. I believe God can speak in a couple of ways. And I believe one of those ways is through your emotions. I believe that he always speaks through the Bible. I believe that he can speak in a still, small voice. Like there's a random thought that comes in your head. Where did that come from? Maybe God is speaking. Maybe not, but maybe God is speaking. Maybe you've been in worship before and you kind of get the chills. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe that is God putting his love or presence upon you. I believe God speaks through others 
right? Maybe you have a friend or most likely your parents, even though you don't want to admit it, who have said very wise things into your life. And God is speaking through a person to you that happens to me all the time. I have a lot of smarter people around me for a good reason. But I also believe God can speak through our own emotions. If you ever heard this statement, it's kind of like a Christianese, like a, a Christian thing people say. Kind of a Christianese thing people say, I have a real peace about it. Ever heard someone say that? If they're trying to make a decision, right? I just had this conversation with a student about two weeks ago about what college they want to go to. And they, and they were deciding between these three, and, and they picked one, and they said, I just have a real sense of peace to this college. I think, not always, but sometimes, God is giving you that emotion of peace and then speaking to you through it. That is why it is so important for us who are on the extreme sides, who say, I'm not going to amount to emotions, you're missing out on what God wants to say to you. For those of you who are letting emotions run and ruin your life, you're missing out on what God wants to do with you. Let's stand in the middle. So, on that note, Paul in Philippians. Paul, and I got to tell you a little bit about this. Paul is the author of the epistles. He's an apostle, and, and he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Paul, when he wrote this letter, he wrote it to the church in Philippi. But get this, and this is important to note, to understand this verse. Paul didn't do anything wrong. At the time, he was jumping from city to city, starting churches and helping churches and telling people about Jesus. The Romans wanted to destroy, kill, and get rid of the Christians. And they said, oh my gosh, Paul is one of these Christian guys. We're going to throw him in jail. Now, jail back then. Jails now are awful, right? Jail back then is ten times worse. It was normal in jail for the jailers to bring you out every afternoon and flog you with a whip for hours on end. Because their whole goal was for you to die. The sooner you die, the sooner they have to stop feeding you. So jail was an awful experience. Now we don't know specifically what kind of things happened in his jail, but we do know that was pretty normal in the culture. Above all else, we can assume Paul is having the worst time of life. He's barely living. He's sitting in jail for something he never did wrong. He's still praising Jesus. Now this guy, of all guys, he probably has the best excuse in the world to be depressed, to be hurt, to be broken up, to hate life, and to kind of let his negative emotions tear him down. But instead, we see what he says in Philippians. The way the Bible is written, I can't explain it, it'll help make more sense, is, uh, eh, we don't need that line. It's kind of like this, right? It's kind of what you guys do in a five-paragraph essay. You have an intro, and your conclusion down here, your body might be right here, taking this part, right? That's the middle part. Now, specifically in the Bible, in the, in the chiasm is the word, there is a main point, and usually the author will say, here's the most important thing you have to know. We're entering into Philippians chapter 4. 
And this is exactly what Paul sets it up. All during the rest of this book, he's saying, hey, here's some things you should do. You should love one another, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And chapter 4, verse 8. I'm going to read the message, which is a version that's a lot easier to read. But he says this. Chapter 4, verse 8. Throw it on the screen. Summing it all up, that's him saying, this is the most important thing I'm going to say in this whole letter. Summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best. Stop there for a second. You'll do best. He's about to give us advice. And he's saying, if you want the best life, if you want the best for you, your family, for your relationships, if you want the best in everything you do, if you want the most amount of happiness, this is it. Catch this. Know this. The rest of this book is really important. The rest of this letter is important. But this next sentence is the most important thing that you can hear. Next slide. Sum it up, friends. I'd say to you, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best. Meditate on the best, not the worst. Meditate on the beautiful, not the ugly. Meditate on things to praise, not things to curse. Paul is very much talking about our emotions. And it's, it's sadly, you could tear it down and say, well, we should just think of the glass half full instead of half empty. That is such a watered down version of what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, if you want the best in your life, Things are going to be hard. People are going to tear us down. The world tries to beat you up. But he says, meditate, think, and feel on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, the things to praise and not to curse. Next slide. And he ends, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I think what we see here is Paul giving us a very simple version of how to deal with emotions, feelings, thought, inner thought, thought life, prayer. It's easy, especially for those of us who are on this side of the scale that kind of let emotions run and ruin. It's easy to say the whole world is coming down. Everything is awful. Everything is miserable and everybody's against me. Paul says, take a step away and think of the best. Because God is good. On this side, it would be funny if I fell, wouldn't it? On this side, for those of us who just refuse to deal with emotion, who want to be lazy feelers and thinkers, who would rather just go shoot basketballs or, or binge Netflix than have to think or feel. Paul, once again, says, meditate. Paul's version of meditation is not just a two-minute prayer before dinner. He meditates day and night. There's a time in Corinthians, he says, he prayed for 13 days straight. Take the time, effort, energy, Work on it. Find your emotions. 
decide what you feel and how you feel it and why. And take a step this way. Take a step into what our feelings are, what our thoughts are, and decide that I'm going to do what Paul asks. I'm going to stay, can you go back to the, next, to the last one? I'm going to stay at focusing on the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, the things to praise and not the things to curse. It is so easy. It is so easy in this life to be a critic. It is so easy in this life to say, I'm better at you than this, or you're not good at this. It is so easy to say, everything is terrible. It is so easy to say, math is awful because I have a terrible teacher. It is so easy to criticize, to curse, to tear down. That stems from our heart. That stems from emotions. That stems from our feelings. It says in Proverbs, out of the abundance of our heart does the mouth speak. I want to ask you, when do you feel? How do you feel? And what does that mean for your life? What does that mean God is trying to do for you, through you, or with you? And can you turn some of those feelings into a positive outlook while we meditate on the best? As the band comes up, I'll end with these two things. Um, Ben Watts, take that down. Hey, JT, take that down. (laughs) When was the last time you spent time trying to figure out what you felt and why? I know for me, the the only time I'm really good at doing it, and I'm, I'm not good at this discipline, is I have to spend time like in a journal. And write down the things going in my life, on in my life. Write down um, things that are in my thoughts and my feelings. And only when I see it on paper, I can start to say, I know that I feel excited for the future. Angry that somebody wronged me. Happy about this friend. Depressed about this relationship. Maybe your feelings are trying to guide you. And maybe God is using your feelings to guide you. And my hope, my hope is that we together can take a step towards the middle. Whether you're on the numb side who doesn't want to feel, who'd rather play all day long, or whether you're on the side that let emotions run and ruin your life. Can we take a step towards the middle and say, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to take that God-given feeling hold on to it and say God what are you trying to teach me about this situation if my grandma which my grandma is it's kind of sad passing away my grandma's 94 she's having a hard time it is normal to take that feeling of being sad maybe angry maybe depressed but that does not need to ruin or run my life because it's a God-given emotion I can feel it, and I can give it back and say, God, this is yours. Pay attention. Pay attention to the tension that God brings. Pay attention to the tension that happens in your heart. Pay attention to the tension that happens in your own emotions and feelings. Maybe, just maybe, God will speak through you. Um, Lastly, as we dive into these last couple songs, um, I would say, and and maybe this is silly, but it's a good practice for me. 
what I do sometimes when I'm trying to figure out my feelings or my thoughts even, is I'll pray and I'll say, God, clear my mind, clear my heart of anything that's not of you and only help me to remember, think about, or feel the things you want me to feel. And here's the crazy thing that happens. Every time I do this, here's what's crazy. It'd be a cool practice to try. Every time it happens, usually there's like a process of how things go down. Usually the first couple things I think about is somebody or something I wronged in the last week. And what God is asking is God saying, hey, we need to deal with this. Step one, says that in Matthew 18. We need to deal with the fact that you hurt somebody or you did something wrong. So when I go through this process, of this is kind of my meditation, I might text, and I actually did this just yesterday. I might text Jack and say, Jack, I'm sorry I yelled at you. We were playing a game. It got kind of intense. <laughs> I'm sorry I yelled at you. I hope we can still be friends. Of course we're still friends. And the first step that comes in is I need to deal with maybe the sin or the, the something that I tore somebody down. The second thing, at least for me, the second thing that usually comes up is to be thankful for the people that I love, the people that I care about, encourage the people around me. I think that happens through my own feelings and emotions, but the only way that we know it's from God is if we can control and work on our feelings. And then usually for me, the third thing that happens, not always, only sometimes, is I feel like God gives me some kind of direction. When I say, God, clear my heart, clear my mind, let me only think the things of you and feel the things that you want me to feel. It usually goes, I need to say sorry or ask for forgiveness. I need to encourage and thank somebody around me. And then I get some kind of direction. And maybe that direction is as simple as, as simple as today you have to go to work. Today you have to go to school. Maybe that direction is today spend time with me. Maybe that direction is in the future. Here's what things could look like. Maybe if you're in a season of trying to decide something, what school to go to, what classes to take, maybe a relationship that you're in or don't want to be in or want to be in, take time, pay attention to the tension, be at a point and say, God, direct my thoughts, direct my feelings for this situation pay attention to it. Don't just blow it over. Let me pray and we'll, we'll join into worship together. Jesus, thank you that we can be here. Thank you that you give us our feelings, our emotions. Help people like me who are um, numb or lazy to emotion. Help us to know what you want us to feel. Be in charge of my feelings so that I can feel, think, believe, and do the things you want me to. And for those of us who let our feelings run our lives, help us to give them back to you. Because you are in control. Teach us how to follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.